here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm the barbarian, Andrew Rich. Joining me as always on this Muscular Mystery Tour is my good friend and partner, the Scorelord, Chris Maffei. And together we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Listen, it was all a dream. I used to read after magazines. Now I convene with Andrew Rich to talk about themes. It ain't nothing but a theme thing, baby. Today we are doing hip-hop themes. Episode 11, we're focusing on the genre of hip-hop wrestling themes. For those of you who are curious, Chris is very much the hip-hop head of our group here. But that does not mean that I am without rhythm and melody and soul or funky beats. (laughs) Without further ado... Tomko, give me a beat. Uh, yes. My name is Andrew, and I'm here to say it's time to podcast in a hip-hop way. Fun is the goal. Let's have a good time. Sit right back as I continue my rhyme. Hip-hop themes coming down the wire, moving and grooving as they spit hot fire. <laughs> so many to pick, so many to choose. Jack Evans, R-Truth, or PN News. But we're not alone. We got some aid. If this were the Nexus, he'd be Wade. He's the captain of the flagship, the man behind the curtain. A hip-hop fan? Of that you can be certain. He's a real nice guy, but don't call him cheap. His secret sass will cut you deep. He's the man in charge, a selfless Triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rich Krejci. Rich, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. I've been uh, I've been very excited about getting on this podcast. I know uh, I love all my children all the same, of course, all my podcast children. But uh, I do like you guys a little bit more than the rest of our podcast children because <laughs> you've become my go to. Because uh, you're good for like weekend stuff, like if because it's not time sensitive. So I let these pile up, unfortunately. So there'll be like four or five of your guys' episodes, and I'm just like, all right, gotta like mow the lawn and, and do all this sort of stuff, and I just put it on. Or road trips. You guys are very good for road trips as well. So <laughs> I'm play- I, I'm honored to be on this show. I'm just very excited, and now I'm a little upset. That I won't be able to listen to the show because I don't want to hear my own voice. But now I got to find something else to mow my damn lawn to this weekend. So we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but thank you for having me. On. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's uh, we're talking about hip hop themes today, and I just want to say how appropriate it is that three goofy white guys all can congregate <laughs> together. I speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself here. Yeah. I mean, not the white part. I'm definitely white. But, but goofy. Come on. That's come three on. nerdy wrestling fan white guys. I'm quarter Cherokee Indian. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> That's got cred, right? Some cred. Maybe a little. Cred. Maybe a little. Yeah. Admittedly, as as the white nerdy Jewish kid here, probably the least the least funky, naturally speaking, of the group. And admittedly, hip hop. Not one of my strong areas of musical expertise. I'm not a big fan of the genre. Uh, that said, I'm not averse to hip-hop. I'm not against it in any way. I'm 
I'm, nor am I completely unknowledgeable about it. I know some things. I've got, you know, some hip hop songs in my music collection. It's just that, you know, my taste. Tone low. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's tone low. <laughs> Beastie Boys. You know, I got Eminem. You know, I've got, I got a bunch of different stuff in there. You know, a lot, a lot of good guys in there. It's just, you know, my tastes skewer more towards the rock and roll side of music. You know, uh, rock, metal, classic rock, new wave. That kind of stuff. So there's like a base level of hip hop knowledge and enjoyment that I have. I just, I haven't moved beyond that. So if, if I can put it into like wrestling terms, it's not like I'm Jim Cornette in Beyond the Mat. You know, <laughs> I have never seen that before. <laughs> I'm stealing it. It's more like a Michael Modest in Beyond the Mat. You know, you know, you get some, something a little more flattened for you, a little masking up your arms, you'll, you'll, you'll get in the hunt, you know? So it's kind of like that. It's like, I've got a general sense, but I haven't moved above that. That's where I stand. Rich, I know you're a big hip hop fan, as are you, Chris. Me getting into hip hop kind of coincided with me getting into wrestling. So there's kind of a parallel there. And of course, over the years, my taste in wrestling has changed. My taste in hip hop has changed. But, you know, in general, I'm really into stuff like Wu-Tang Clan, MOP, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Big L, you know, a lot of East Coast underground stuff, Nas, stuff like that. Mm. Over the years, I've listened to a lot less and less hip hop. I don't know. It's just maybe just a thing getting older. It just kind of appeals a little bit to me less. I feel a little bit less rebellious. I feel a little bit less in tune with the whole thing. But I do, I do still have a soft spot for it in my heart. And of course, hip hop wrestling themes, they always make for a, a great environment whenever you're at a wrestling show. So hip hop, something very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, as far as my uh, background in hip hop, I mean, it, almost from the first time I really got into music as as a child by myself, it was like hip hop for whatever reason I was gravitated to. I remember uh, turning on MTV and seeing like Busta Rhymes and Coolio it was like the first two music videos. I like sat down and was like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" And like, so for whatever reason, I was always like big into hip hop, even as a kid. And I think my parents were big into like funk and disco and that sort of stuff. So I grew up listening to a lot of that. So I think I was kind of predisposed a little bit to enjoying less of like the rock that was that was good at the time. And, and I still do enjoy like, you know, 90s alternative rock and that sort of stuff. But for whatever reason, I gravitated way more towards hip hop. So uh, 90s, it was all about obviously Biggie and, and Tupac for most of it. Um, but I was also been to like kind of the soulful stuff. And I, I still am. And that's really kind of the what I would, you know, constitute my hip hop love still these days is, you know, your Pete Rock Seal Smooth type stuff. Uh, as I got a little bit older into the 2000s, like Little Brother, anything that Ninth Wonder produced, I was way into uh, Pete Rock. I stick, stuck with uh, producers like a Black Milk or whatever, kind of the whole Detroit rap scene, Apollo Brown. Like those sort of guys are the ones I've always really gravitated to, more so than like the gangster rap and, the, and, and that sort of stuff. I, I, I liked it a little bit, you know, growing up, but as I got older and as I've always kind of went more towards the soulful sample based hip hop though i do like a, a nice you know hard song here and there but yeah like like guys like Nas, like chris mentioned um are, are still up there but yeah as far as like modern i i don't listen to a ton anymore i mean obviously still a big fan of like kendrick lamar and uh jay cole is, is pretty solid and and guys like that but i'm finding less and less by the year that like way less like new guys that come out like i just don't i just don't get attracted to them in the same way that i was as a kid or even in the early 2000s where i really consider myself the biggest hip-hop fan where it's just like just consuming the stuff like crazy you know talo quali most Steph, you know, those sort of guys I was just way into. And then, you know, little by little as the years have gone on, it's, it, it's become a little bit less. But I've always had a soft spot, as Chris mentioned, for hip-hop in wrestling because I think they just match so well with certain characters and certain promotions and certain eras as well. And you'll kind of see that from this, the songs we selected. Yeah, we've got a nice little mix here of, you know, WWE stuff. we got some independent stuff, a little bit from Japan. So we've got a nice mix of... An example of how, you know, hip hop is in wrestling, not just in one location, one era, one, you know, company. It's, it's all over. Like a lot of genres are, you know, metal is in all over and, you know, just standard rock and roll and that kind of stuff. 
So it's nice to see the, the variety of acts and the variety of sources where we get these hip-hop themes from. And I guess we'll start this little journey here with Ring of Honor. And this is the theme song that Homicide uses, the, the notorious 187 uh, Homicide. <laughs> uh, this is a track by... I'm sorry, I can't help it. This is a track by a guy named Beanie Siegel, and this is off of his 2000 album, The Truth, and this is the title track, The Truth. So something to discuss here with this song, and you know, it's true for a lot of, of different companies and stuff, the rise of commercial songs in the independent scene in the 2000s. You've got companies like Ring of Honor, CZW, IWA Mid-South, PWG, etc., etc. They're not beholden, at least at the time, to those, you know, copyright legalities. So wrestlers could come out to any song they wanted to without fear of it being overdubbed or replaced or cut out. And, you know, Homicide's use of the truth is, you know, a prominent example of this. And Rich, you went to Ring of Honor shows a lot. I'm sure you heard this song quite a bit. Yeah, I think one of the big reasons I wanted to choose this song for a lot of ways is, you know, the first Ring of Honor show I went to, I, I forget exactly what year it was, but one of the first guys I saw come out was Homicide. And, you know, growing up and, and not going to independent shows and only going to, you know, WWF shows and, and stuff, you know, you're used to that the WWF music, the Jim Johnston style of wrestling music or whatever. So I walk in and this is just blaring on the speakers. The song that I already knew about and loved or whatever. And I'm like, holy crap, what is going on here? Like, you know, I, I don't know what I thought in my head of what their themes were going to be or even I, I don't know if I even wrap my head around it. And then I'm just hearing this booming, awesome song over the loudspeakers. I'm like, hell yeah, this is this is great. This is awesome. And and one of the reasons I wanted to pick this song in particular is as you hear the beat come go by it 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 is the perfect song for Homicide and the perfect song for Ring of Honor as well because what's the best thing to do at a Ring of Honor show? If you're front row, it is slapping that damn, yeah. you know, slapping that barricade or whatever. And and there is no better song in the world to slap a barricade to than this song. And I think that's one of the big reasons why it just worked. And it, it, it you know, when you watch a, a big time match with Homicide, like the CZW Cage of Death or, you know, the Ring of Honor CZW Cage of Death or any, any of Homicide's big title wins or title defenses or whatever, when the crowd is into him and into him coming out and then they are banging the barricade to the beat of this song. Like there is just no other experience like it. It's just perfect. Yeah, you mentioned that, and you mentioned slapping the ROH signs on the guardrails. When I think of this song, or I think of Homicide and ROH, that's like the first. It's synonymous. Yeah, yeah. it's my first memory of it because uh, in high school I became friends with this kid who had he bought like every ROH show on DVD. So he was showing me a bunch of stuff, and one of the things that stuck with me very early on was Homicide and this entrance and the cool intro that we're going to talk about to the song and just the, the fact that he was coming out to a Beanie Siegel song in general and it was just I was instantly drawn to it and you know when I first started following ROH CM Punk Homicide guys like that I was like wow this is this is so different from anything that I've been seeing in WWE at the time and the theme was just so different like Ritz said yeah it's a simple hip-hop beat it's that those overriding two keyboards bam 
but nothing fancy about it. It's a, a sample actually of a song by Graham Nash called Chicago. So your brother's bound and gagged, and they've chained him to a chair. Won't you please come to Chicago just to see? And underneath it's like a little piano riff. Ba-doom, ba-doom, boom. And in itself is it's it's cool, it's hip, it's something great to you know slap the barricades along with as, as the homicide comes to the ring. But like you said, Chris, that intro, the the Ironside intro, which is from the TV show Ironside uh, with Raymond Burr. Also, most people know it from Kill Bill Volume One, uh, most famously when Quentin Tarantino used that one for Kill Bill Volume One a lot. It's, in my opinion, this is Homicide's version of the Stone Cold Glass Shatter. Ah. It adds so much to it. It does three things, in my opinion. Number one, it separates Homicide's theme from other wrestlers' hip-hop themes. Like, if you're just getting into Ring of Honor around this time, you don't really know one hip-hop theme from another. You don't really, you don't really know one wrestler from another. This lets you know that... This lets you know, okay, this is Homicide. He's coming out. This is his song. Number two, I think the keyboard riff is good, but it doesn't really have that concussive punch for an intro that I think is really fitting for like a big intro for Homicide. And that this intro, the, the Ironside, gives it that nice little iconic start. And number three, you know, to follow up with that, it creates the opportunity for a big moment music hit. With Austin, the glass shatters, holy shit, Austin's coming, big moments coming out now. Homicide, this intro hits. Holy shit, here comes Homicide, big moment. Prime example, I think, right off the bat, Cage of Death. Homicide, coming back at Cage of Death, saving Ring of Honor, fighting the bad guys from CCW. You know, like, holy fuck, here comes Homicide to save the day. That's what a great intro to a song can do. And that's what I think the Iron Slate intro does for Homicide's theme perfectly. So this track was produced by Kanye West back when he was a producer for Rockefeller Records. One of the more understated beats from early Kanye, I would say. Really, yeah. Really just a straightforward beat with just a, a classic sample makes you want to, you know, makes you want to nod your head. No high-pitched vocals, no anything like that, no big, you know, vocal sample hook or anything like that. It's just a classic sample that has been sampled many times, many times, notably Gangsta Nation by West Side Connection. I don't know if you remember that track, Rich. I do, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Same sample there. Yeah, it is it is a really understated Kanye song because it, it wasn't, you know, maybe even one or two years later, Kanye's production quality is completely different. Like, he's then integrated a lot more instruments. He's, oh, yeah. You can tell this time he's just kind of finding his footing. And, and like Andrew said, it's basically just, like, a little bit of keyboard, a little bit of sample, and that's it. Like, boom, 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 done. And, like, and that's it. For Beanie Siegel, though, it does work. So it does work within the confines of the song if you hear, you know, Beanie Siegel and a lot of what Rockefeller was at that time. But, yeah, it's like when I first found out it was Kanye West, because I had no idea. I went almost half my life not knowing this is Kanye West because I don't know that you would – there was any tip-off that it would be Kanye West that made this beat because there's just – there's nothing of what you're used to of of college dropout era Kanye West or even, you know, today's Kanye West. There's no, nothing of that. This could have been some dude in his college dorm room making this beat. I mean, there's nothing, you know, intricate about it or, or anything. So it, it is a little interesting there because, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that it is a Kanye West beat. But when you realize, you know, it's one of his first commercial ones in the first – one he ever did for Rockefeller it makes a little bit more sense because he's he's still a little baby in the game, you know, starting to kind of rise up a little bit. Yeah, and it, and it's an awesome beat too. That's, that's not to say it's not. Yeah, it works. No, it absolutely works. Yeah, it's yeah. just very different from what you're accustomed to when you think of you know early era Kanye. You think of the high pitched vocal samples. You think of through the wire that type of stuff. So this sample, I said it's been used a, a number of times, you know, in, in various hip hop songs. 
Homicide also, after this, came out to a song called You're Not Ready by G-Unit, which was an early mixtape track that used the instrumental from this song, The Truth. You say you're ready, you're not ready, we don't shoot no one He really, really kind of liked sticking with this theme, kind of sticking with the song, even when he changed to another song still had the same instrumental on it and I think it fits it fits the way he walks to the ring it's got that nice tempo for him I really think this makes an awesome theme song yeah it's not the theme that I personally associate with Homicide the most because for me it's the LAX themes in TNA which are also hip-hop and I love those themes a lot you know you think of Ring of Honor Homicide this is the one I think of right off the bat and it's easy to see why with the iconic intro uh, the entrance the, the, the he's walking down to the ring with the, the, the strut he got so yeah, it's it's nice nice pick for Homicide to have this song, I think. So we move now from Ring of Honor to WWE, and uh, we move now from Homicide to John Cena. That's right, before he was uh, the champ, he was the Doctor of Thugonomics. And this is a track he did, this was his entrance theme before My Time Is Now. This was released on the 2004 album WWE Originals. This is by John Cena featuring the trademark, and this is Basic Thugonomics. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is big basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Whether fighting or spitting, my discipline is unforgiving. Got you backing up in a defensive position. An ass kicking anthem, heavyweight or bantam. Now, this, this one takes me back. Yeah. I haven't heard this thing in so long. It's, let's think about it. It's been like 12 years. Oh, God. Of <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I haven't heard the so you think you're untouchable, man. Think think how long ago it was that John Cena was rapping, you know, Vanilla Ice ripoff, Doctor of Thugonomics, Word Life, Chain Gang, Backwards Cap. It's been so long ago. It, it's almost comical too. If you if you go back and watch any of these like era John Cena's, like I love this era John Cena and, and I love this theme. And we'll talk a little bit about it. But mm-hmm. you know, if you go back on WWE Network and you watch any like 2004 show or 2003 show, it's like really cringy when John Cena comes out and he's like, "Yo, yo, yo!" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh God!" Like, <laughs> just knowing what he actually is and knowing what like deep down John Cena is, just hearing him be like, "Hey, yo, yo!" and it's just like it's so much like a, a B Rad from Malibu type <laughs> thing where you're just like, "Oh boy!" Like you're it's really cute, but like man. Man, it just it just doesn't age well. But you know, if I put myself back in that frame of mind, I mean, this guy was shit from 2003 to 2000. I mean, like, I don't care what it, you know, it aged at that time. Oh yeah, you can't tell me that this guy wasn't just the fucking best. Like, it was just incredible. I was in high school at the time, and it's like this. He he would have been the coolest person in my school. Oh, he's it's like to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this guy was like this was it. <laughs> he, like it was it was as cheesy as it was, and as like yeah. you look back and just oh, it's so cringe now. You he, it was authentic at the time. It the felt quadruple X throwback yeah. like, you know you know at the time I'm like whoa look at that what's unsell jersey and now i'm like yeah that looks really weird why is it so big like, pumping up the jordans in it for, for the right, fu right. you know the reebok pumps which i looked everywhere for <laughs> jordans reebok what no same difference to me i don't really care but <laughs> good times with this thing and you know basic thugonomics 
it goes with the character. Obviously, he's a, he's a rapper, hip hop theme, obviously, and he, he he raps his own theme, or at least you know the the chorus in the first verse of it, because we've got John Cena and the trademark, who is his cousin uh, from Peabody. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long since I've heard this. You know, memories flooding back. Regardless of what we thought about, I think the character. I think, as a rapper, I think John Cena is, is pretty good. I mean, he may not have written his own, his own stuff, but he can rhyme with the best of them. I think. Yeah, you know, I I gotta say, he's he sounds pretty awesome here, especially in comparison to my time is now, uh, which he just kind of sounds a little bit more laid back and maybe maybe a little bit more lazy. Mm. Uh, his his energy and his tone here and his cadence. I mean, you could tell he's younger right off the bat. And his, you know, he's just, he brings it. He he knows that he's kind of been primed for for a, a big spot here. And he's he's getting the chance to do his own entrance music. And he has this cool gimmick that he can kind of grow into. And he delivers, I think. You know, the lyrics, kind of lame. Uh, yeah. Kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. But not, not terrible, but kind of lame. But like, his cadence and the way he approaches it, I think, yeah. is is what is what yeah. makes this all work here. And, but, but as good as Cena is here, I think trademark is is by far much better. You know, his flow, his patterns, they're more interesting. He makes this sound like an actual track rather than just wrestling entrance music. You know, with Cena, you get the sense that this is just a guy's entrance music, which is perfectly fine. You know, and maybe trademark is even doing a little bit too much here. Maybe just trying to get a little bit too much in. But uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm a big fan as well. I mean, the lyrics, yeah, the, the lyrics definitely don't age very well. Yeah. Uh, there's a few that I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a moment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, listening back, I was like, ooh, boy. But, you know, hey, whatever. It's yeah, yeah. It is what it is. But, yeah, no, at the time, like, I'm right with you, Chris. I think, like, as a rapper, like, people always kind of laughed at John Cena, you know, when the when the album came out. the full album. But, like, I always defended him as, like, yeah, maybe the, the lyrics aren't great. But, like, from a flow standpoint, he's pretty damn good. Like, he's better than your run-of-the-mill, you, you know, just bottom-barrel rapper. Like he is, I'm not, he's not good. I mean, I'm not going to say he's like one of the better, you know, yeah. but his flow, flow is really good. And when you hear him in like actual songs as well, like the one that I always remember is uh, his guest spot on Hustle. Yes. Uh, Merce, it's a Merce yeah. song. Like he does the last verse on that, that song and it's it's like the lyrics again like are a little cheesy or whatever you know he has to throw smackdown in there and like mention wrestling moves and whatnot but from a flow standpoint i mean he's flowing over like an actual beat you know he's working after like mers and e40 in the song and like he hangs with them like if you didn't know that this was john cena the rapper you'd be like hey that guy's pretty good like he's not great but he, but he's okay and i always thought you know, people didn't give Cena enough credit for just being an okay rapper, which is is not that easy to do. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, you can tell he's trying. You can tell he's really putting himself into the song. L- lyrically, when you've got something like, you know, an ass-kicking anthem, heavyweight or bantam, holding camps for ransom, the microphone phantom, he puts himself into it, you know, an ass-kicking anthem, heavyweight or bantam. You know, he puts the energy and aggression into it. It only goes so far, of course, you know, energy and aggression when you've got, you know, new dead man ink and we're about to make you famous, taking over Earth and still kicking in Uranus. Yeah, that's as that being his punchline was. Uh, yeah, that's... that that goes into the hook. <laughs> right. That's the last John Cena verse, you know, into the hook because the trademark has the second verse. So, you know, it's not perfect. It's not award worthy, I think, in any sense of the imagination. But you can, as I said, he's trying. He's putting himself in there he's 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 giving it his all you know we talk about cena's lyrics here but there are some trademark lines in here oh yeah that i would like to just just point out (laughs) we be untouchable like righteous sluts with no crevices (laughs) what on what on earth is this man talking about yo cats couldn't come this hot if they got jerked off in the summer heat (laughs) 
did he know that this was going to be a wrestling theme? <laughs> There's just something about what Trademark is doing here that I feel like he was just going a, a, a tad too far. For they, they actually had to reverse that one part. Oh, that, uh, there are some reverse lyrics here. I do feel that he got a little bit overzealous here. You know, uh, but that's not to say that he blew it because he would later come back for a verse on My Time Is Now. So, I mean, all is well with Trademark. And he's no stranger to wrestling themes himself. He did Kurt Angle's TNA themes as well. Gold medal, that's right, yeah. Also, uh, showing up at TNA Hard Justice 2007 as Karen Angle's new boyfriend. Oh my God. Now, remember that? <laughs> remember wow. when Trademark showed up and like... <laughs> It's like, oh, he's that's Karen Angle's new boyfriend, you know. But it's like, oh, it was a swerve. He was with Karen Angle the entire time. <sighs> Trademark, of course, not long for the wrestling game. But you know, his contributions, this song, Kurt Angle's theme. Yeah, he's made his mark. Yeah, he's, he's made it. He's made his trademark. If you oh, will. hey, there hey. you go. And I believe he's now in the Peace Corps as well. So good on him. Oh, good, good for him. Good for him. Uh, one more thing. WWE Originals. When are you guys doing that episode? We will certainly cover that album at one point. We got to wait a little bit now, but yeah, we will definitely get to that. If you want to hear the Dudley Boys and Kurt Angle, quote unquote, <laughs> singing, among others, <laughs> wait for Fortress that. Stratus. Fortress oh, Stratus. Trish is just the uh, worst. Rikishi. It's like, I can't sing, guys. They're like, no, get out there. You're good. Like, I'm not. Like, Chase Keebler, yeah. Oh, Booker God, T. Yeah, that's it, man. Can you dig it? Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that. Speaking of hip hop, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I do, before we move on, I do want to touch on the production here. I love this beat. And uh, it's, when I hear this beat, I just instantly think that it would be great for, to just throw on for like a cypher or like Freestyle Fridays on Rap City on BET. Like it has that type of vibe to it. You just throw it on, have a bunch of guys freestyle over it. Uh, and you got some cool scratches in the chorus done by DJ Chaos. Mm. Uh, and the vocal sample, I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. That is the rapper Esoteric of 7L and Esoteric, Army of the Pharaohs, Zarface. Uh, and he's actually Cena's friend from Boston, longtime friend. Yeah. And he's collaborated with Cena in the past. He did uh, did a track called Bean Town on the You Can't See Me album. Interesting to note here, in my research, I found out that Cena even used some esoteric verses on TV. Look at that. During the nice. early days of the gimmick. I saw that too, yeah. Which then led to esoteric writing rhymes for Cena, in particular a verse on The Undertaker. So that just kind of blows my mind. It's like, wow, esoteric was writing verses about The Undertaker that John Cena used on TV in like 2005. Just blows my mind. But no, great production here. Uh, has a has a good kind of gritty underground indie hip-hop vibe that was appropriate for this iteration of Cena's character at the time. But he did outgrow this sound, though, obviously. So that's why he has the theme he has now yeah. that has turned into a meme that nobody will ever escape and it will be probably the last <laughs> thing that we all hear before we die as a civilization. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to think the other day. I, I was with a buddy at I was at a wrestling show a, a few months ago, and we were we heard that song come up or whatever because Cena was coming out, and I was like, I wonder how many times in my life that I've heard this song. Like, like <laughs> honestly, like the, your average wrestling fan, like um, think of it of how many times you've probably heard that. Oh, like not even if you've watched like just the pay per views, you've heard it. Like how many times over the last like twelve years? And like if you watch Raws or Smackdowns or go to a for God's sake, if you go to a show. Like, and you stay for the dark match or whatever, that song will play nine times as you're <laughs> leaving the arena. Cause like, Cena just got, you know, he lost in the main event or something happened or whatever. The dark match comes, he does, you know, yeah. used to everybody or what, you know, AAs to everybody. And then they just play that song while he like slaps hands with every single person in the arena. And you're like, oh my God, just stop. Like, just in our brains. Like, we just cannot escape it ever. I don't know how he's not just so fucking sick of this song. Like, 
like to me, I, I would go crazy and just create something new just to not have to hear this song ever again. I was thinking about Shawn Michaels getting that <laughs> yeah. too with like Sexy Boy, where he's just like, I, God damn it. It's like, all right, all right, whatever. I'm like, 51, <laughs> for God's sake, stop it. <laughs> yeah, just please. Please, please. Give me something please. <laughs> all right, we go now from 2003 to 2005 WWE to 2000 WWF. This is released off the album WWF Aggression. This was the theme for DX. This is Run DMC with The Kings. Aggression. We'll talk about that in a future episode. Rich, did you have this album by any chance? Oh, God, yes. Are you kidding? Like, I, I was day one I had to buy this thing. It was the blend of, like, so it's like 2000s, which, you know, is perfect time for me, and a blend of, like, hip-hop and wrestling in the year 2000. Like, I, I'm i sure I put it on and played, like, WCW or, or, or WF uh, WrestleMania 2000 for, for weeks and weeks and weeks on, on end. So, no, I absolutely, it was like a day one purchase for me. I absolutely had to have this. Yeah, me too. When this thing came out, this was it. I mean, oh yeah. my cousin who got me into wrestling, I've mentioned on prior episodes, he was also the one getting me into hip-hop at the time. So this was like the perfect cross-section of just everything that I was super into that year. And wow, I listen back on it now, and there's maybe two tracks that I can even stand to listen to. That album has not... It's not aged well. Not aged well, no. But that said, I cannot wait to do an entire episode dedicated to it, because man, oh man, will that be a lot of fun. Well, we've covered it already with a little bit with Mino. True. And uh, The Undertaker. Very true. We've got Kane, we've got Mankind, we've got Triple H, we've got a whole slew of tracks to get to, but this is track number one off the album, uh, The Kings by Run DMC. Run DMC, hip-hop legends, I'm a fan of them, I know I know the hits, I don't know, I don't know deep into their stuff, but... So for them to, you know, put their stamp on a DX theme, I think is pretty damn cool. And I, th- I like this song a lot. It's it, it copies, of course, the, the Bring It Down by the DX band, the main DX theme. But I think you've got Run DMC, you've got Jim Master J in there, you know, putting their spin on it, putting their you know, lyrics on it. I think it makes for a great tune. Yeah, I was, I was a huge fan of it when it came out, and I still really am. I, I think... Um, it just works uh, w- within the, the confines, because I love the sample of obviously using the, the original DX theme, and it doesn't veer, you know, totally far off from that, but it gets it enough where it feels a little bit like a different song. Like, if you heard the DX song a thousand times and then heard this song, it would seem new and fresh and original enough, because Run DMC put, like you said, put their stamp on it and make it a little bit different, but I always really love this, and I, I think the beginning, like, again, like, I, I think that's super important about a lot of these hip-hop themes is, is these first few seconds are so big, and I think for this one, they just do a great job of, of you know that it's DX from a second, but then you know it's a little bit different than the normal DX one. Like, it's got the same little, like, the dinner, 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 you know, it's got that same thing, but it, yeah. you know just from the first second, because then it's like a quick little cut, it's a quick little hit, and you're like, well, this is different than the other one, and then they just they just go, it just goes right away, and I think that's my favorite part about this song, is it's, it, it really 
works for DX in that sense, where it's just it, it, it's it's driving the entire time. It's going. It's high energy. It's all that sort of stuff. The problem is, it's like synonymous with like the worst version of DX, yeah. which kind of sucks. Because like, if this was like X Pac, like X Pac should have come out to this. Like this destroys the old X Pac theme, which I, which I, I enjoy the old X Pac theme. But you know, this one like it, it just works so well, and it's just a shame that it, it, it really didn't get used a whole lot by them. No, and it got used by like the worst era of DX as well, which is kind of sucks. This is March to July 2000, which is you know smack dab in the middle of the McMahon Helmsley regime era of, of DX, which is Triple H, Stephanie, X Pac, Road Dogg, and Tori, and Billy Gunn, who was injured, so he kind of left you know when he was injured. So definitely not the heyday of DX as a unit. It was more like Triple H, the champion, being the main focus, and you know a bunch of his flunkies. As opposed to, you know, 98, 99 DX, which is more like, you know, triple, the whole group as a, as a whole unit together. Right, yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a little sad that this big Run DMC song, which is great and it's driving and it's funky as hell hell, it was used for this weaker era of DX as a group and it wasn't, you know, there for that long. But I noticed this kind of, I don't know if you guys did as well, taking a look at the lyrics, I think it's quite appropriate because to me, this seems like a sequel in a way to run DMC song King of Rock. Because it starts out, the lyrics start out, the King of Rock who, the King of Rock what, the King of Rock who, the King of Rock what. It's kind of like run DMC are on the downward slope of their careers. And they need to remind people, you know, we're the Kings of Rock, you know, that that's the main focus of the song. That's the hook of the song. And it seems like this sort of correlation between run DMC sort of, you know, having to I guess, you know, find themselves in this latter part of their career and DX as the latter part of its career as well. Because, you know, at this time, Raising Hell is 14 years ago. This isn't prime Run DMC, top of their game, walk this way. This is Run DMC, you know, sort of being put on the back burner, as as you will. Hip-hop legends, of course, but they're not really the driving focus of the hip-hop scene anymore. So it's kind of appropriate that Run DMC, D-Generation X, sort of similar you know, states of being at this time, I think. Do you agree? That's a very astute observation there. I like that little correlation. However, I do find Run DMC and DX to just be an awkward fit, especially like you guys mentioned, this DX, you know. I don't even think of Triple H and Jam Master J as even having existed in the same universe, (laughs) let alone... Being, you know, doing the themes. I, I don't know. You know, Run DMC to me, I've always just found them annoying. And I'm sorry, but every song is just them yelling about being the king of rock. It, it, it's like, all right, I got it the first time. And now you're yelling at me in every other song about <laughs> I, I, it doesn't work for me. I don't like Run DMC, but I do like this song. That said, I've spent the last 17 years not knowing what the fuck was being said in this song. And I think I'd like to go back to that because just kind of reading through these lyrics, I don't even know what to make of this. One of the songs in the Aggression album that has very little to do with the subject, except for the one line where they mention D-Generation X. The rest of this just kind of, they're talking about R. Kelly, then they're talking about winning Grammys, then they're talking about sample laws. Yeah, (laughs) they're, They're talking about getting samples cleared. And then not using samples, <laughs> and then having lo- generation X coming to your town. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, the, the DX theme, the DX thing is certainly tacked on. It seems, it, except for like degeneration. You can take that out. It just comes up with a regular song with the DX song as the sample. 
So if you took DX out of it, it really wouldn't make any difference. You could put this on a Red DMC album. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. And just like leave us alone <laughs> and not yell at us about being the king of rock 70,000 times. Chris, I, I do agree with your, your Run DMC hot take as well. Like I've never really enjoyed them as like a like this I like because it's kind of in your face and loud and, and boisterous or whatever. So I, I think it works as a wrestling theme. But yeah, the reason that it works as a wrestling theme is because it's as annoying as hell as like an actual <laughs> song. So like I couldn't actually. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm never a big uh, DMC or uh, Run DMC like actual song fan there. And they're like. I, I know their like rhyme pattern and their flow is like very much like early '80s or whatever. They never evolve past, it and it kind of always it seems dated, especially when you when you hear songs like this in the 2000s. And they're still doing like the you know an apple to a peach, a cherry to a plum, yeah. won't stop rocking until you all get some. <laughs> like that's like 19 like 79 like which is fine. Like that era is great, but like now you're doing songs and we, you can't say we're still rocking until you all get some. Like that's that you can't do that anymore. That's like you know beat break like on a cardboard box in, in, you know, Brooklyn type rap. And we've moved on beyond that guy. Sorry. Their style was never for me. I mean, there's a lot of eighties hip hop that I can get into, you know, like cool Modi, like guys Mm -hmm. who aren't just yelling at you about being the king of rock, you know, (laughs) big daddy, big daddy Kane. He, you know, he's smooth rock him. He's smooth them. They're abrasive. They're annoying. They have an Adidas endorsement. They do Christmas songs that white parents love to blast because it's the one time of year that they'll play a rap song for you unless like rapper's delight or something like that (laughs) i you know i would have really loved if this was an instrumental because like we're just talking about earlier there's some pretty cool elements to this you know it's not very far off like you said from the actual dx theme it's just slightly remixed and made to fit more of a hip-hop groove and they do certain things like uh stripping down the verse section just having it be the bass line and the drums then there's also that that cymbal crash kick drum intro which they would later incorporate into the main dx theme yeah when triple h and Shawn michaels were running around with glow sticks so that actually carried over into the actual dx theme the little bam bam so cool things like that, like Rich said, the intro, very cool. I wish there was an instrumental version of this because I would listen to it a lot. This version, nowadays, probably not so much. Yeah, at this point in their careers, there is increasing tensions between Run and DMC. And then a few years later, Jam Master Jay would be you know, tragically killed and he was, he was shot down in the studio. So this is like, you know... Not the highlight of Run DMC's career, I don't think, at this at this point in their careers in terms of personal relationships. But like you said, Chris, I think the beat's great. It's got that that little like lone bass intro that before it kicks in. So there's some good stuff in there, and lyrically, not that you know risque. It's it's Run DMC. You know we mentioned this already. You know uh, the the ball of the bounce, the bounce of the ball. Uh, we're coming to rock you all. You get what you get. Well, we can talk about this to the cows come home, but I think we should move on to our next theme here. One that I think will pick our spirits up a little bit. This is a guy by the name of Viro the Virus, and this was used by Chris Hero on the Independent Circuit. And this is called, quite simply, Chris is Awesome. Chris is awesome. 
Yankees as hot as it get. The type to drop you quick with a mafia kick. Got the hunger of a young lion, plus the eye of the tiger. Pummel you like he's a young Tyson. Again, I'm sure, Rich, you've heard this a bunch of times over the years. Ring of Honor, Independency, and otherwise. You know, Chris here are using this theme a, a whole bunch. He's all over the damn song. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, one of my one of the biggest problems, or I shouldn't say problem, but one of my things I was most upset about when, when Chris Hero signed uh, with NXT again is that I wouldn't be able to hear this song again. Like, because it, it, it listen to it live, it's just perfect. It's an awesome song. It encapsulates Chris Hero right away. Like, you know his name right away. Because I, I once I took my nurse, uh, the, you know, the nurse wife. If people don't know, my my wife is, is referred to as the nurse on this uh, <laughs> podcast network a lot. But I took her to a show once, and she didn't really know all the guys, and I kind of clued her in a little bit. Well, Chris Hero's theme comes up, and there's there's no way that you don't know, A, who Chris Hero is after the song is done, because then she went, well, that's Chris Hero, because I could tell, because it goes, it's Chris Hero, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's so obvious, it's like pointing to him, it's like, this is what he does, he's awesome, he, he knocks guys out, he, I mean, like, it's the most descriptive, like, wrestling theme I've ever heard in my life, but it does it in a way where... It doesn't seem lame. Like you guys sort of mentioned the uh, like the Mr. Wonderful a few, and, and it does that in a very like lame way. But this is like uh, an outlier. Uh, you know, hey, let's lay out everything that Chris Hero does, his moves, uh, his mannerisms, what he does, what he's you know the companies he works for, where he wrestles, all this sort of stuff. And he's awesome. And oh, by the way, his name is Chris Hero, and it's just like yes. it works so well, and it's just an awesome theme to come out with. And and he gets way into it too. Like I've seen the guy live, you know, countless number of times, and every single time he's he's singing the lyrics in his head and bouncing his head and, and and really making you into the theme as well and it just it just works perfectly for Chris here and I'm so upset that we don't get it anymore now that you know he's obviously with NXT or whatever but uh, yeah just an incredible theme it just fits this guy so perfectly yeah he was very happy at the time when he got this theme made by Viral the Virus. And and the background here is that Hero went to see Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan at a show in Philly, and Viral the Virus was opening for him. And they met that night, and they stayed in contact on MySpace back in the day. So they were sending messages back and forth, and Hero eventually asked Viral the Virus to do a track that he could use as entrance music. And before he could even give him the input as to what he wanted... Viro gave him the track back and it had all of the stuff already in it, all the references. So he really did his homework. So Viro the Virus, a really super, super talented guy to be able to weave in all of the references, just to all of the, the different wrestling terminology and hero signature moves and everything like that. It's it paints such a picture and it's so signature to Hero, he just kind of did it all on his own. And Hero was very, very happy with this theme at the time. He did some postings online, which is where I got a lot of this background from, uh, the background story. The sample that was used for this song is by a composer by the name of Clint Mansell, who has done a bunch of different you know, movie scores, one of which was the Darren Aronofsky film Requiem for a Dream. And this song that he used for the score, Lux Eterna. That is like the most famous song to come out of this score. And uh, if you've ever seen a movie trailer, you've you recognized this song. It's been in pretty much everywhere, you know, since it came out. So for him to use this theme, for Viral to use this theme as like the backing of, of, of the track, it's pretty cool because it's like, it's got that epicness to it. It's a... But it's laid over with the hip-hop samples and the hip-hop beats with it. So it's not like, you know, this 
movie trailer epic thing the whole time. It's got that cool, you know, factor, you know, juice into it. So it's a nice little pairing here of classic orchestral movie score, you know, movie trailer epic thing with, you know, contemporary hip-hop beats to it. Yeah, and if anybody ever, if you're into this this sample and, and you're interested in other hip-hop that uses this, uh, Joe Budden used it for uh, his album The Escape Route, the first song, I think it's just called Intro, uh, is another one that kind of flips the sample into a hip-hop beat, and he does a great job with it as well. But yeah, it, it's 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 a sample that's been used plenty of times. It's a song that's been used plenty of times. If you you know have ever listened to the Voice of Wrestling podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, we used to use that for our intro or whatever. It's because Wrecking for Jeans is one of my favorite movies of all time or whatever, and it's gotten a little overdone now at this point because a lot of people use it because it's such a, but but I think that speaks more to just the, the importance and, and, and the depth of the song as well and just what it does to emotions or whatever. And that's why it works so well in this Chris Hero theme. And it works so well as a hip-hop uh, beat as well because, yeah, you throw a little bit of drums over it or whatever and it, it can really take you to a special place. And I think it absolutely does with, with, with Chris Hero's theme. And, and the, uh, the the beginning of it too, I think, is an important part too. When you when Chris Hero, before he comes out, before he comes through the curtain or whatever, it's got that that intro where it's just, you know, hero, yeah. hero. And it, it then like sort of... Indi- you know, to you, you're like, well, I better start chanting hero and like explain, you know, it, it never fails every single time. People are like, well, let's all start chanting hero before he comes out. And like when you come out to people chanting your name or whatever, uh, you, you know, you can't beat that. And Chris Hero got that almost every single night of his career for, you know, the last 10 years. So you, can, you can't beat that. It also helps when you have a hook like, who's your hero? Chris Hero. Like, all right, five words, easy to remember. They're repeated often. Boom. Get the crowd invested even more so. Going back to the sample, ROH actually had trouble getting it cleared for use on the HDNet show because it's back when they were on HDNet. So they would use a version on TV without the sample. So it was just Viro's vocals and the drums. Didn't quite have the same drama. Doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> Chris is awesome. He's as hot as it gets. The type to drop you quick with a mafia kick. But with the sample, with it all together, all the elements, everything about this theme, man, it's just perfect. And you guys have you've outlined everything. The beat, the vocals, the lyrics. It's just is as authentic a slice of underground hip-hop as you're going to get for a wrestler, custom-made, and it's set Hero Apart. We talked about the Kings of Wrestling theme by Cody Beware, and this was another example. Music very, very clearly important to Chris Hero. He understands the importance of wrestling themes and how to use music in wrestling, and that's why he's always had great entrance music. He understands music. He understands how it affects and impacts a gimmick and the audience reaction and the atmosphere that you create in the arena. And even up to present day, his new NXT theme is great, and they brought back Cody Beware. And it's another in a long line of Chris Hero themes that I think really, really just encapsulate how much he understands wrestling and music and where they intersect. Yeah, just go to Chris Hero's Wikipedia page, and you'll get lost in like, it's like half a page long of the amount of themes that he's used over his career. And you can tell this guy loves music and he knows music and he's he's knowledgeable about the type of music that he likes. So, you know, I'm sure when he got, you know, Viro to get him this theme song, I'm sure he was over the moon about it. And I want I made a list here of I wanted to see how many ref, wrestling references I could spot in the lyrics here, intentional or otherwise. So the list I have is Mafia Kick, Young Lion, That Young Knockout Kid, Rivera Cloverleaf, Hangman's Clutch. Heroes Welcome, KO, Hammerlock, Cravat, Rolling Elbow, Slobber Knocker, Grappler, Moveset, Suplex, Ring Generalship, Double Chicken Wing, Lucha Libre, 
King of Wrestling, Square Circle, Mule Kick, Number One Champion, Bell Rings, Ring Apron. So Viro here did his homework. And deep cuts, too. It's not just like just if I've only watched WWF or I've only Body watched... Body Slam, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It goes pretty deep into stuff. Like Young Lion is is incredible. I mean, that's a deep cut that, yeah. that means Viro's, you know, digging in a little deep or, you know, he's a bigger fan than we thought, which is pretty awesome, too. Yeah, when you're referencing Rivera, Cloverleafs, and Cravats, <laughs> right, right, right. You, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Viro the Virus, sadly, no longer with us, actually. He died in 2012. I haven't listened to a ton of his work, but he's done some awesome stuff with the Snow Goons. So that's some stuff to check out. He has a song called Rear Naked Choke that I really like. Again, sticking with the kind of combat sports theme. One of the best indie wrestling themes ever, I think. Definitely, definitely. All right, moving on now to our next theme here. This was the theme for Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP, released on the album WWE Reckless Intent. This is our buddy, Silk the Shocker, back for another round. <laughs> Song is called I'm Coming. One, two, you hear the clock ticking. Tick, time. You about to stop living. Tick, time. I want you to remember me. Tick, time. But the day don't have no memory. I'm coming. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can hold me. Nobody can control me. I'm coming. I'm here to do my thing. I'm here to bring the pain. I'm never ever gonna change. I'm coming. Nobody can stop me, nobody can hold me, nobody can control me I'm coming! I'm here to do my thing, I'm here to bring the pain I'm never ever gonna change Like the Tropicana, I got the juice Off of the leash, they let the dog loose Suck the Shocker You mentioned last time, Chris Suck the Shocker, he's decent He's competent He's okay I was being very kind last time <laughs> Yes He's okay. He can get the job done. He can't. He's not stuttering over his words, but he's not on that level that would wow anyone. And I think this song is item B here of not really wowing anyone. And uh, Rich, what are your thoughts here on Silk the Shocker? First of all, yeah, he's terrible. Like I, I Chris, how many how many live hip hop shows have you gone to in your life? You've probably gone to quite a few, right? Oh no, I'm not a live show guy at all. Oh no, okay. So have you been to any? Nope. Damn it. Okay. Well, this this, this people will get if you've ever been to a live hip hop show. I'm sure you've dealt with this. You've been in the music business or whatever. Silk the Shocker is essentially just like every single rapper that's walked up to you at a show and like given you a CD or whatever, <laughs> or been like, hey man, you want to buy my CD? Like, I'm like, uh, not really. And he's like, you know, or sometimes he'll hand it to you and you're like, cool. And he's like, yeah, that's like two dollars. You're like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like here, here's two dollars or whatever. And then like you throw it away or you throw it in your car or whatever. And then somehow you discover it like like two years later and you're like, ah, you know what? Let me see what this is. And it's just like the most generic fucking rap ever. And you're like, all right, like I give this guy effort. He thought he was a rapper, but it's just like this stuff is just generic. It's just generic as hell. And that's like the shocker. Like the more I listen to him and the more I really listen in and, and particularly looking at these lyrics, it's just like, dude, this is like bottom barrel, like entry level, like, like hip hop here. And it's just... It's to me, it's like insulting because it's like you're Silk the Shocker. Like you've you've gotten a lot of breaks in this, this business or whatever, and like you've done nothing with it. He's the damn Cody Rhodes of like hip hop. It's like you now he comes with these fucking two and a half star matches, and it's like, bro, like come on, like put a little effort into this. Let's go, like let's do this. And it's just like generic ass, like like it's scri- like it, whatever. He just scribbles his name onto some shitty uh, you know CDR and hands it to you in a jewel case at a, at a hip hop show, and you're like, this is garbage. Like this is terrible. Rich, I cannot wait for Silk the Shocker to tweet out that you're just mad that he <laughs> that he wouldn't sign your mixtape at a show. Yeah. 
in some obscure location. In Davenport, Iowa, or something like that. Like, in, cra- in a Cracker Barrel in Davenport, Iowa, or something like that. The Cody Rhodes of hip-hop, Silk the Shocker. Because my my uh, my made man, or I, I forgot what it is, like, I remember I used to really love uh, no Limit Records just because the awesome album covers, but then always listening and being like, ah, oh, these aren't very good, are they? So like, He really is the Cody Rose of hip-hop, even down to just being related to prominent people in the industry. <laughs> How does this guy get so many breaks in wrestling music, you know? Especially, MVP hated this theme. Thing is, on the album, Reckless Intent, I looked this up, this song wasn't attributed to, M- to MVP as his theme on the album because this album came out before MVP debuted. MVP debuted in August of 2006. This album came out in May of 2006. So on the album was just the song by Slip the Shocker. Same with same with This Fire Burns by Killswitch Engage. Yeah, because Randy Orton used it for a while too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah like, like two whole weeks, I think. I wish Randy Orton used this for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, this song wasn't attributed to him as MVP's theme. It just They just gave it to him. And I think I listened up as well. And this is on Wikipedia. Take this with like a silo of salt here. This was originally, supposedly, meant for the boogeyman. What? Think about it. The ticking clock. What? The, the, the ticking <laughs> clock. The, the I'm coming. I'm coming to get you. The catchphrase. Remember that? Okay. All right. Makes no sense otherwise. Believe you me. Makes zero sense. But that's what's on the Wikipedia page, at least. And those two things, the ticking clock that he smashed over his head, his catchphrase, I'm coming to get you. The song is called I'm Coming. Uh, but I don't get it either. But in that sense, I can sort of see it. The boogeyman is nothing if not fly like a pelican. <laughs> <laughs> the one like Neo, cocky like T.O. Cocky like T.O. Yeah. I understand, you know, the ticking clock, I'm coming. I understand that. But my God, these verses and the boogeyman. <laughs> w- what? Like, oh, Wow. <laughs> Uh, you know, I really, re- I really, really hope that's true. But to be honest, this really doesn't have much to do with MVP either. I mean, I guess you could say it's just kind of generic braggadocious rap. But it, when when you're bragging, is this dumb? <laughs> it's just very counterproductive. Yeah, well, the character at the time, he was coming in as this like big free agent. This big, the gimmick was like a high profile sports athlete type of thing. You know, the largest contract at SmackDown history. You know, we had that big press conference on SmackDown. So it makes sense to be this bragging type of guy. But yeah, otherwise, there's no references to MVP. There's no like, you know, I'm the MVP in the song. It, you just get like, you know, like Tropicana, I got the juice. Offer the leash, let the dog loose. When you're starting it off with that, you don't... High hopes are not in your future, okay? It's, it's not... You're not starting off strong, to, to, to say the least. Now, there's a line here that I always misheard, and until I was taking notes for the episode, I always thought it was, I'm the one like Neo, cocky like Tito. (laughs) And I was thinking, all right, so my mind immediately goes to Tito Jackson, but I know that that is not what Silk the Shocker is referencing, so I was thinking Tito Ortiz, but then Rich, you mentioned before we were recording that you thought this was something else? Yeah, I don't know why I must have had uh, some odd vision in my head, but uh, when when I was listening to this, I thought he said cocky like teal, and I thought he was making a cockatiel reference, like the bird, because he mentions pelicans like a line later, and I'm like, what is this dude's bird obsession? Like, <laughs> I don't know, kid, and then I look at the lyrics, I'm like, cocky like teal, okay, that makes a lot more sense, but uh, yeah, cock- I-, I like this idea of him like cocky like a teal, so like, you know, doing a... A deep cockatiel reference. But then I realized Silk the Shocker probably has no fucking clue what a cockatiel is. So you know, I'm all in on Birdwatcher Silk the Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I shouldn't assume that he doesn't. I shouldn't assume that. He might be a burger. I don't know. Yeah. Could have done a track with the bird man. <laughs> you know, you're right. You mentioned Chris last time, Elena Jordan's theme about this whole thing. Uh, he tends to, uh, Silk does, he tends to squeeze in next to a word or two into his lines. Yes. Makes it a bit awkward. The line I noticed right away, no doubt, yeah, I'm a veteran. The next line is, and when done, you go and think you got ran over by elephants. <laughs> That's way too many syllables in that one. Not to mention the lyrical content, if you will. <laughs> well, that aside, that's a line that I used to record a lot of rappers in high school. That's a line where I'd be like, all right, <laughs> let's let's take a few minutes and rewrite this line here because you're doing too much. <laughs> you're trying to fit too much in. Maybe even let's just scrap the line because it sucks. <laughs> this could have benefited from a, a little bit of better production working with the vocals. Mm. And you know this was a big Jim Johnson production too because just listen to those guitars. Oh yeah. Listen to those guitars. They're right up in there. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we'll encounter in any Jim Johnson hip hop theme. He's got these big booming metal guitars just right up in there because mm -hmm. that's apparently what he thinks that hip hop is. It's a, it's a reflection of him. Uh, but even Jim Johnston, I'm sure he could have suggested a better line than, and when you done, you gonna think you got ran over by elephants. <laughs> and I, I was going, as you were kind of talking about that, Chris, I was going through uh, other uh, Silk the Shocker songs just to see if maybe, you know, he, br he didn't bring his A game for the WWE. Maybe he didn't like working with Jim Johnson or whatever. So maybe an off day. You never know. Could have had a headache or two, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's just fucking horrible. I was, uh, this is from Make Him Say Ah, uh, the, you know, the famous masterpiece song. Oh, yes. Uh, and the last verse is Silk the Shocker's on here. Uh, here's some great lines from him. Uh, obviously, he starts off the verse saying, P gonna make him say uh I'm gonna make him say ow uh I stay on like light switches money cause I like riches after I bust your shit then after that say na 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 <laughs> then they wanna know if I gangbang cause I hang with a whole gang alright lazy writing I've got a whole there's a whole <laughs> slew of lines here in a row he rhymes the word boy that with boy <laughs> like five lines in a row yeah, she want a bad boy, and I'm all about my cash boy. You see me all up in the jag boy. I know that make you mad boy, but don't make me beat your ass boy. Come up with something else. <laughs> There's more than one word that arms with boy, and it's not boy. It's like when Snoop Dogg just started to put Izzle at the end of everything. Just yeah. to make everything wrong. Lazy writing. Or, yeah, the juvenile. The juvenile is what I like to call it. Because, like, he's got ha, obviously, his famous song where he just, you know, says a lyric and then goes ha at the end. Or, or you know, back that ass up where he just goes, you know, ah, after every like, line. Because it's like, I'm just going to say whatever I'm going to say and then I'll wrap it up with ah and you're good. Like, that's that's all you guys need. i just like to point out one more thing. Something that one of my friends in high school found fucking hilarious. You know, the hook is, I'm coming. Nobody can stop me. No, you know, whatever. But then... At the end of that first hook, right before the first verse comes in, there's just this horrible, horrible scream. Ah! <laughs> ah, yes. Never ever gonna change like My God. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I really hope that we never, ever, under any circumstances, have to talk about Stoke the Shocker again. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if I decide to be a glutton for punishment and suggest that we cover the No Limit Soldiers run at WCW. Really wouldn't surprise me. One day it'll happen, I'm sure. But uh, uh, until then, let's move on now to our next theme. This is another independent scene theme. This is Claudio Castagnoli's theme. This is by Jermaine Dupri, Nas, and Monica. You can find this one on the Big Mama's House soundtrack. And this is the instrumental of I've Got to Have It.
Okay, so as a huge, huge Peter Gabriel fan, it would be pretty, you know, wrong of me to not just say right off the bat here, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. That's all the song is. It's just a hip-hop-ified sample of Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. So it's not, without the lyrics, it's kind of monotonous as well. But I guess I'm a big Peter Gabriel fan that I just like group to it no matter what. Yeah, one of the uh, stories about this song and the big reason why I wanted to do this is uh, I was I was at a Ring of Honor show with my uh, my boss at my one of my old jobs or whatever, and we come to find out like this is some weird thing where he didn't know I was a wrestling fan and I didn't know he was a wrestling fan for like a year and a half when I worked there, and like I went to his computer screen once and he was watching like some ladder war or whatever, you know, Ring of Honor, or it was the Briscoes ladder war or whatever. And I'm like, what the hell? I was like, I was at this show, and he's like, I was at this show. We're like, oh my god, we go to Ring of Honor, and then like we became best friends after that. But um, you know, he's obviously a little older than me, being the boss at my other job or whatever, so he's maybe you know. Know, got 20 years or so, I would say, on me. Um, and there was one time where Claudio Castanoli came out, and you know, we're grooving to the song or whatever. And I'm like, you know, someone asked one of the other friends in our party, was like, hey, what song is this? And we at the same time say completely different songs. He says, oh, it's Sledgehammer by, by Peter Gabriel. And I say, no, it's I Gotta Have It by Jermaine Dupri or whatever. And we had this argument, I'm not kidding, for like weeks on end, where I was like, no, it's I Gotta Have It by Jermaine Dupri. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, it's Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Like, <laughs> we just wouldn't end, man. And it was just like, essentially, like, he was the Peter Gabriel fan, and I was the hip-hop fan. I didn't know much about Peter Gabriel, and he didn't know a thing about Jermaine Dupri or whatever, and we were just like too bullheaded to agree that the song was just a sample of the... But like, he was like, no, it's Sledgehammer. And I'm like, no, it's definitely Jermaine Dupri. There's like a little bit of a and it was like one of those vanilla ice, you know, trying to defend his sample things. I'm like, <laughs> no, listen, like there's a little bit of drum. Like that extra drum makes it Jermaine Dupri. <laughs> it's not da-na-na-da-na-na. It's da-na-na-na-da-na-na. It's not the same bass. You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, listen to that. That's Jermaine Dupri. I'm telling you. And it, like, we just went on. I think we still had this argument too and it's, it's the great, that's one of the big reasons why I want to choose this one because it is, yeah, it's it's, it's Sledgehammer, but it's got a little, there's a little, little tick here and there that makes it, uh, uh, Jermaine Dupree, so that's always one of my great stories about that. Sledgehammer has been sampled a million times, as of course it has. Uh, most notably on Pop Goes the Weasel by Third Base. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jermaine Dupree. Now, listen, Jermaine Dupree, he's funny to me because he's like four feet tall, <laughs> and most of his beats sound like they were made for the Easter Bunny. <laughs> like, if the Easter Bunny rapped, I could imagine that he would rap over What the Hook Gon' Be by Murphy Lee. <laughs> So besides that, uh, Jermaine Dupri, the owner of So So Def Recordings, which is a big, big label in hip-hop and R&B, I'm not entirely sold that he produced this himself. More than likely, it was Brian Michael Cox who gets the co-production credit. Jermaine Dupri is one of those producers at this point where it's like he'll move a fader and he'll get the production credit, uh, much like a Puff Daddy or someone like that or P. Diddy or whatever the hell he's calling himself these days. But yeah, this is a fun little theme. Yeah. It's it's fun. Claudio is fun. And listen, I love Claudio. He's he's one of my favorites of all time. I mean, you know that. And there's a great video of him at a Chikara show singing this theme with the crowd. <laughs> yes. And then in doing so, he walks backwards at ringside, trips backwards over the ring steps, and then he recovers yes. <laughs> by uppercutting the steps. Now let's see Paul yeah, White do yeah. that, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Peter Gabriel, it's it's New Wave era Peter Gabriel. This is off the album called So, uh, which is uh the same album that had Big Time, which we talked about on the WrestleMania episode. So it's got those, you know, big, you know, trumpets, got the bass line in, it's it's funky as all hell, it's a it's a big groove. And it's got those, you know, those hip hop swirls in it, those 
Shakers. Yeah, Shakers. Thank you very much. Claudio, at this point, it's very much indie Claudio, not the, uh, you know, serious, you know, rugby player, obviously Cesaro guy, not the real American. This is a different side of Claudio. This is his more fun side. And for him to have this song, it's, it's very appropriate for him to, to have it. He's got to have it. <laughs> if anything. He's got to have it, yes. <laughs> One more thing here. Uh, Jermaine Dupree, uh, any relation to Renee by any chance? <laughs> I think so. I can't confirm or yeah no I think I think so I think they're like third cousins four four times removed or something they like gotta that. be if you ever <laughs> see them next to each other they, they, you, the 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 resemblance is, is obvious they look yeah. just alike <laughs> four foot Jermaine Dupree you know like six foot you know Renee Dupree with his that weird tattoo on his chest that he's got you know it's exactly alike I, I mean I can't stress enough that Jermaine Dupree looks like he's in like third grade <laughs> yeah like yeah Jermaine Dupree is like 55 years old and he still looks like he's like 18 like Jermaine is like no taller than little Bow Wow <laughs> they're like, they're like, they're like the same height little Bow was like like eight years old or something like that and like yeah at the he, time they yeah. barely like Jermaine is like barely taller than him so <laughs> very, very little man uh, is Jermaine Dupree so yeah that was uh Claudio's theme I've got to have it Move on now to another instrumental theme, this one used by Kenta in uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. This is by T.I., this is off of the album King, and this is What You Know. Rich, you chose this one as well. Obviously, you know, we're all big Kenta fans. Why did you choose this one? Yeah, I think the because there was quite a few, and we we had you know thought about the because Kenta and Noah, and that's one of my favorite things about you know growing up and, and watching Kenta in Noah is that like he would come out to these just awesome hip hop instrumentals and hip hop songs all the time, and it was like such. I mean, when when you're watching like mid two thousands Noah, having this dude just come out to some booming rap song, it just com- feels completely different than everything else that was going on in Noah. And Kenta was unlike anything else going on in Noah or anything else going on in the world in wrestling. So uh, it just worked real well for, for him, and it worked really well with kind of the motif of, of what Kenta was or whatever. But I thought this theme in particular was just synonymous with big-time Kenta matches. And I don't know why, but, you know, I went back and I listened to all those ones that, that are listed as his themes in Noah, and it was like this one that I was like, nah, this is Kenta. Like, for whatever reason, every time I hear this song, I think Kenta. Anytime I, I hear the song driving, you know, if, if someone's wa- listening to it in a car next to me, I think Kenta. Every time I've, I've heard it in a, uh, you, you know, a trailer, a movie trailer or anything like that, or a highlight video on YouTube or whatever, I always think of Kenta. I just... For whatever reason, it, this song and Kenta are just synonymous for me. Kenta has had some really, really awesome themes. Uh, my favorite of which actually was the instrumental of the old Rey Mysterio Jr. theme by Ill Harmonics. He used that in ROH. I really love that one. But you know, this one's really great too. And this was produced by DJ Toomp, who was a real big producer at that time and really, really instrumental in kind of creating the trap music sound that was in the mid-2000s, very different from the trap that we have today. Uh, so produced by DJ Toomp along with Wonder Rio uh, on some keyboards. And musically, there's not a whole lot going on here. It's that main synth melody, which is kind of an interpolation of Gone Away by Roberta Flack. <laughs> Along with I Believe to My Soul by Donny Hathaway. Oh, baby. 
So besides the sample and that main kind of melody, which is what everyone knows, pretty straightforward, simple, mid-2000s trap-style hip-hop. That version of trap that was more soulful and a little bit more derivative of soul music as opposed to what we have today. But yeah, I, I love that Kenta was kind of, like you said, Rich, a bit subversive in his selection of entrance music, especially at the time. You know, now he comes out to the CFO's instrumental metal that really doesn't seem to have that much to do with him at all and it kind of makes me wish he had a little bit more input now because I would love to hear especially with what CFOs did for guys like Nakamura and Chris Hero I'd love to see what they can come up with in this vein yeah they might not even know that he's like this big of a like all right Japanese guy here's your Japanese theme and he's like all right like I love 2000s hip-hop, but all right. Like. You mentioned subversive. Here's why I think Kenta and hip-hop in general works. Think of the classic all-Japan Noah themes. You know, Misawa, Spartan X, Kobashi, Grand Sword, Kawada, Holy War. These big, epic themes from the 90s. All in the vein of, you know, old classic arena rock, focused a lot on guitars and big keyboards, and just gives off an epic superhero-type vibe. Then here comes the next generation, Kenta. He doesn't have those big epic arena rock themes. You know, he's got DMX, TI, Twista, Waka Flocka Flame. What better way to distance yourself from the old guard and come across as this hip new thing, this next generation of Noah wrestler, this next generation of, of, of Japanese superstar, than to go in a completely different direction by using hip-hop themes. It's genius. Because you look at it in two ways. If you're a fan of hip-hop, Kenta is this cool, hip young guy who has awesome theme songs. You can connect with him. You can relate to him. You can support him 100%. If you're not a fan of hip-hop, if you're a fan of like the old-school, classic All Japan Noah themes, Kenta is this brash, arrogant, cocky little shit who has no respect for the old guard and you want to root for, you know, Kobashi and Misawa and Tawei and, and Akiyama to beat the shit out of them. It's perfect way of using music to shape the narrative of a wrestler. Kenta is either this cool hip guy or he's this cocky, you know, brash little snot-nosed little shit who wants to, you know, disrespect the old guys. That's why I think Kenta and hip-hop they work so well together, especially old Kenta. No smiles, no, you know, no happiness. Just beat the piss out of you nonstop. Kicks, go to sleep, busaiku knees. Just that classic, you know, fury Kenta that we all love. That's a great explanation. Yeah, you nailed it right there. That's about all I could say. It's kind of like when they would have Jim Ross on commentary tell us that John Cena is the new school. He's hip hop. <laughs> Triple H represents the old school traditional wrestling, except obviously in this case, this is much cooler. Yeah. And like, imagine if, you know how Shibata really clicks with Western audiences today. Imagine if... You know, mid-2000s Kenta would be exposed to Western audiences oh, today. God. Could you imagine how people would go nuts over this guy who just comes out, just fucking murders people, and walks out to really awesome hip-hop songs? People would fucking love it. But we got the day with Tommy. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't got that. We got... It's sad, obviously, to see where he is now versus what he used to be. What can you do? 
it's it's it sucks. It's it's all, it just sucks. We gotta get this mood back. We gotta get this mood back. This is not good. Listen, we'll bring we'll bring it back. As Noah has shown us, it is possible to be reborn, and maybe <laughs> okay. one day Kenta will be reborn. Yes, if you say so. Me personally, this next track, I am pumped to talk about this one. This is like my favorite track, not only on this little list we got here. This might be my favorite wrestling hip hop theme ever. This is Mark Henry's theme by Three Six Mafia. Off of WWE Reckless Intent, somebody's gonna get it. love this so much so much so many great things about this theme song it's catchy as all hell you don't need to know all the lyrics you just you sing along to the chorus you know somebody's gonna get the ass kicked somebody's gonna get the wig split or you can just do the whoa hey whoa hey but doesn't matter the music is just pounds you from start to finish you got the hand claps you got those signature Jim Johnson guitar and hip hop combination Got those little piano notes, got the do, 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 do. It's just driving and strong the whole way through. And also, number three, it's Mark fucking Henry. It's Mark fucking Henry. It took him a little while to get going, but once he came to, like, the Hall of Pain stuff, this song, like, just took him to a whole another level. It's just so fucking, oh, I love it so much. This song has a soft spot in my heart, because my buddy and I... We used to do this thing where we would, um, if we were ever at, if we were ever at a bar, like, and you guys know those touch tunes things they have at bars or whatever. The, if you look those up and you look up for whatever reason, my friend and I once were like, "Hey, what WWE themes do we have? Like, let's let's clear this bar out as quick as we possibly can by, <laughs> by playing wrestling themes or whatever." And like, there's not many. There was maybe like four or five in this one touch tune we were at. So the one we were at was not particularly. Uh, they probably don't listen to much hip hop on this uh, touch tune. I'll just say that. Um, it predominantly uh, a certain demographic that seemed like they would not really enjoy the hip hop all that much. So we decided, you know, we we played some songs here and there, or whatever, and then we were gonna leave. And and I was just like, you know, what would be the best thing ever. Uh, let's go to our car because you can, if you have Wi-Fi, you can go to your car and play like touch tunes that are nearby. So we went to our car. Uh, he threw on his Wi-Fi and he bought a bunch of touch tunes credit or whatever. Played this song like seven straight times at this bar, and I cannot imagine uh, <laughs> what this bar was like listening to somebody's gonna get it like seven straight times, like. A, I don't think they want to listen to one hip-hop song ever, let alone one about, like, kicking asses, and then, like, one that's definitely not, like, a really good... It's, like, it's not a song either. Like, this definitely sounds like a wrestling theme uh, because there's a lot of repeated verses, a lot of repeated lines or whatever, which work perfect for a wrestling theme, but for a song, it don't work very well, and I imagine it did not work very well seven times in a row. Uh, at this particular bar, but that that's it's always had a soft spot in my head. And then now we go to like bars and we'll play it right away or whatever. <laughs> just like watch people and like people always like there's like four or five people that just like immediately get like uncomfortable or like kind of move <laughs> around in their seats, like go to the bathroom, go out for a smoke, like kind of just weird. And they're always just like looking around and we can tell they're just like who are pl- who's playing these wrestling themes. And uh, Hogan's uh, Real American is on the Touch Tunes as well, which is always a good one to play at a, oh, good, at a bar. Good. People do enjoy that one though. People do, uh, oh, yes. especially when America gets up for a, a Real American. Racist so. people, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. They, if you want to, if you want to lighten the mood after uh, somebody's going to get it, Real American does a fantastic job. Let me tell you. Yep. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, guys, but 
the novelty of this one has worn off for me, sadly. Boo! Oh no! And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what You're it is. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it, Chris. Listen, let me listen. Let me explain myself here. All right. <laughs> we're gonna beat you up. We're gonna break your. We're gonna beat you up. Beat you up. Break your neck. Break your neck. <laughs> you know, I could edit all that out. Damn it! He's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me explain. Much like Hideo Itami is watered down Kenta. This song is watered down Three Six Mafia, and watered down Three Six Mafia might do it for most people and that's hey listen if it does it for andrew rich that i'm very glad i'm very happy yeah. if it does it for the audiences <laughs> in in wrestling arenas i'm very happy but to me this is not the three six mafia that i know and love that's fair to really cap it off you got the jim johnston heavy metal guitars <laughs> well come on which is one of my which is one of my things that it's not that i hate it but in every fucking hip-hop song this guy has ever touched, he has at least two layers of heavy metal, high-gain rhythm guitars, which it's like, I don't know, what, why do you insist on doing this? This is not what hip-hop is. If you could just like step outside of your own taste for like two seconds and just let 3-6 Mafia produce it. You know, DJ Paul could have laid down a tremendous beat for this. And I'm sure he was very much involved with the production, and I'm sure he did all the keyboards and everything like that. But man, as soon as you get in Jim Johnston's hands, it becomes something else. And it's, it's like as soon as you get a hot indie or international act in WWE's hands, they become Hideo Itami. They become what Shinsuke Nakamura is right now. And it's much the same way where when you get 3-6 Mafia in WWE's hands, in Jim Johnston's hands, it's just watered down. It's not the same, you know? When I listen to 3-6 Mafia, you know, I think of 3-6 Mafia, I think of one hit a quitta. You know, that would make amazing entrance music. But I'm not entirely sure if, you know, kids and parents in arenas would be ready for that. So this serves its purpose really well. I know a lot of people love this theme. I know I'm probably going to get some people calling me an idiot, which is fine. You know, I, I'm an idiot. Uh, but the, the, the novelty of this theme has sadly worn off for me. Yeah, and, and Chris, I will defend you a little bit because it took me a long time to know this song was 3-6 Mafia. I had no idea it was. I mean, it was probably, when did the song come out? What, 2006 or whatever? It probably wasn't until about 2009, 2010 that I was like, this is 3-6 Mafia? Like, I saw it come up on a YouTube, and I was like, no way, this is 3 And I, I, it, it is hard to believe that it is 3-6 Mafia, and it does not feel like a 3-6 Mafia song all that much um, in terms of the content and, and stuff. So I'll, do, I'll let you off the hook on that one, but you're absolutely wrong about this not being good. It's, it's great. Oh, I didn't so. say it's not good. It's just... It's just <laughs> no, you're fair. You're yeah. fair. Yeah. You're, you're the number three wig splitter in this uh, <laughs> podcast, sir. All right? Don't try to step, uh, Chris, because, you know, you can't compete. Live by a replicate, throw it in the street. I think I've memorized, like most of the lyrics on here, which is very counter to what I usually am in terms of hip-hop. Like, I can't remember lyrics to hip-hop songs in my life. This song, I think I've heard enough times where, and I like it so much that I think I can memorize it and see, spit it back from memory. But like I said, Chris, uh, it's not it's not a perfect song. Uh, there are some, you know, some some catchy lyrics here. I think the, the last verse, especially, where multiple lines are rhymed with dog. You know, it's not it's not the most, you know, creative thing in the world but i think for what it is just mark henry being a badass motherfucker and having lines like you know i never need but i could be scared of a man i walk through this land like i run this all right walk through this land like i run this land not okay land run with land not not a good one but you know it's like you know talking about being the wildest man in the world and i have no fear it's you know the mean and the mean and the nightmare like there's so much like good stuff that counteracts the bad in my opinion Chris, anything else to say about this? I don't want to get piled up on here, so I've said all I'm going to say on somebody's going to get it because I don't want 
Mark Henry to put me in the Hall of Pain. So we move on now to our last theme of the episode. This is going way, way, way back to the 90s. ECW. This is the theme for New Jack and the Gangsters. Him and uh, Mustafa. This is off the album Murder Was the Case. This is Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, Natural Born Killers. Now I'll say this, New Jack, if you're listening, I love you. Got nothing bad to say about you. You're the man, lovely guy. Keep up the good work. Uh, that's all I'll say about New Jack, because uh, you're a scary man. You are uh, very intimidating. You're the best wrestler ever. Uh, guys, want to take this one here, please? Don't uh, say anything bad about New Jack. Yeah, you ever see his knuckles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Denzel's friend. Yeah. Oh man. Denzel's friend. Yeah. Listen, I'm not afraid here. I've never been all that enamored with New Jack. His style of wrestling is just not my thing. I'm just going all out on this episode. I, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, he's just, I've never really been a big fan of New Jack or the gangsters or his style in general. Uh, it's not my thing. I know this may be sacrilege for some people. I know that mm. NWA and Ice Cube as well are, are, are really, really big staples of hip hop. And I've also never been really big on them. And I also find Dr. Dre to not be believable on tracks like this or Deep Cover, for example, because that's not him. That's not the type of person he is. And this this song is just so... I mean, we'll go over the lyrical content, but this song to me, it's like the older I get, the less this type of stuff appeals to me in hip-hop. I don't want or need to listen to stuff like this, especially not now. But it can't be denied that the combination of this team and this song was absolute perfection at the time. And I think that's really what, what what's going to be most people's traction if you were around when new jack w- w- was and the gangsters were, were doing their stuff on ecw in the 90s or whatever this song just fits perfect exactly with them like the first time you watched ecw the first time you saw new jack or whatever the first time you saw him come with a shopping cart full of you know crap in the ring and the song plays the entire time as he's kicking their asses or whatever and like the crowd just going nuts and you know pans are flying all over the place and i was like yeah i don't really like new you know watching new jack matches in 2017 you know this song doesn't really do a whole lot for me in 2017 but god damn in 1997 if it didn't just work perfectly for for New Jack, for uh, the gangsters, for the, what ECW was as well. Just for everything they did with the song, I thought just fit perfectly with New Jack and with ECW and with that crowd and 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 just the the first part of the song too. I think really works as well. We talked about you know at the top of the show about Homicide and how that first little wee you know really does it like oh shit Homicide's coming. It was that way with New Jack too. It was like the crowd kind of knew. Or they kind of sense that, you know what, I think New Jack's going to come. Like, I wonder if New Jack's going to come. And it's like, you heard that first second, that, and it's just like, oh, shit. Like, here comes fucking New Jack. And, like, New Jack, yeah, exactly. New Jack fucking comes down to the ring with his, you know, shopping cart full of crap or whatever. And he just kills dudes. And, like, you know, New Jack's guy, who's, you know, maybe legitimately murdered multiple people or whatever. So it, like, (laughs) you know, this song works perfectly for New Jack, works perfectly for the gangsters, and works perfectly for ECW as well. So, yeah, when you break down the individual pieces of it, I'm, I'm right with you, Chris. You know, this song doesn't do a whole lot for me because, you know, listening to Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, like, I know that deep down those dudes aren't, you know, natural born killers and all this sort of stuff. Like, I know that that's not. But, you know, the beat kind of works a little bit for me. I enjoy 
the beat a lot, but, you know, knowing deep down the lyrical content, it's like, yeah, whatever, that doesn't do much for me, but... Um, and, and like New Jack, he doesn't do much for me either, you know, in terms of in-ring wrestling. But the combination of these two guys in the 90s, and I think that's a lot of what ECW is too. And I think uh, when people go back and watch ECW, and I'm guilty of this too, I went back and watched a lot of old ECW recently. And it just doesn't work, because it's it's a very much of a 90s product. And the song is very much a product of the 90s. And, and New Jack is very much a product of the 90s. So it's hard in 2017 to get the same idea of what what that was like and what that felt like at the time. You have to put yourself in the mindset of the moment. You, you can't watch those matches now and think, uh, oh, like, um, think with like 2017 eyes. Right. You got to look at it as, as back then. It's like, you know, mid-90s. All this stuff is blowing up on the scene. ECW Arena is, is hot. You know, going running wild here. New Jack is beating the shit out of people with, like, chairs and, you know, diving on a guy's. Like, blowing people's minds at this point. This song encapsulates... The madness. This song is just so like crazy and energetic and madcap. It fits perfectly with, you know, New Jack coming out and just having these hardcore brawls. And especially like playing over the entire like match. That was key. That's so key. I can't even think of anyone else that does that. That's so unheard of. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, well, I remember when Sin Cara had the blue and orange light on his matches? <laughs> like, yeah. no one else did that and it didn't work. For good reason, but like Kane actually did that back in the day. Remember when he had the red lighting? Yeah, the red. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. that's right. The, the red light. That's like that's good. 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 Good call, Chris. Yeah. But yeah, like like in terms of like music playing over an entire match, like that is unheard of back then and nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they were really telling you it wasn't a match. They were like, "This isn't a fuck. This guy just is fucking coming out. He's gonna hit you with a bunch of shit. This, yeah. this guy's not. You know, don't ring the bell. <laughs> don't worry about pinfalls. Like, don't worry about any of that shit. This guy's just coming out to kick your ass. And these guys are just coming out to kick your ass or whatever. So it works so perfectly. And that's that's a, a genius of a Paul Heyman there too, knowing that hey. Let's do something a little bit different and play the song the entire time. Like, it's a very simple thing to think of, but it just, God, it works so perfectly for New Jack. Yeah, you know, Rich, you said letting you know this is not a match, and that's perfect. Like, New Jack was like world star (laughs) before there was a world star. It's like, this is a video that you would see, and it has a song playing out over it. And just the concept of letting the song play out. Just so brilliant and something that, yeah, you cannot replicate that today without it seeming forced or seeming derivative of this. You know, it might be a very long time before something like that ever happens again, if it ever happens again, because it's just so you don't even think to do that unless you're parodying it, which has been done, I'm sure, a million times on the indies. But yeah, the whole concept of that, it just really kind of elevates the whole New Jack act. But it's just not something that I go back to and revisit all that often. Now, just to touch on the beat here, like Rich mentioned, it is a great beat, and it just screams crazy and wild. It has those wild keyboards, has a a real fat, nice bass line. This song, uh, actually produced by Sam Sneed, along with Dr. Dre, this was actually supposed to originally be just a song for Sam Sneed called The Heist. Sounded a little bit different. When Dr. Dre got a hold of this, he, of course, put his touch on it. But he's another one of those producers where, at a certain point, he stopped basically producing and just kind of put his stamp on what other people were doing and what his in-house producers were doing. And this is an early example of that, working with Sam Snead, of course, part of the Death Row label. Uh, But this screams Death Row. This is like, if if you had to pick one song to just encapsulate that kind of Death Row sound... I think this this would be it, or maybe Deep Cover by Snoop and Dre. This is just a, a wild, wild gangster rap track that 
I listened to today and I'm just, I'm horrified. And, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mentioned a little bit of the lyrics here, just for a little bit here. There's a lot of pop culture references, as uh, made note of by the Wikipedia page. Just some of them right here. We've got Mass Murder, Sarah Connor from the Terminator movies, Al Cowlings, you know, Charlie Manson, the Singapore Caning from the 90s with a, what was his name, uh, Michael Fay, you know, like Singapore Caned, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, Kirk O'Bain killing himself. They're all over the board here. Uh, a lot of different subjects at play. And uh, I think something that is in common with a lot of them is, you know, craziness, killing, death, pain, suffering. Definitely for a song called Natural Born Killers, it, it works to references all this stuff. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, as Chris sort of mentioned, the lyrics, they don't age very well. And, you know, gangster rap, if you're not into it, like, uh, yeah, I don't really listen to this anymore. It's not anything that I really enjoy anymore. But man, it's like a 10-year-old and 11-year-old or whatever. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, especially when I knew this song before. And then, you know, I was kind of curious into wrestling. And then I see New Jack. And it's like, holy crap. Like, New Jack comes out to this song. And that, I remember that first moment of of watching New Jack on ECW TV. And, like, I already kind of felt like I wasn't supposed to watch ECW TV. Like, I never told my parents but like we used to get it like my parents had an, a, a tv in their uh, upstairs room that like got uhf channels for some godforsaken reason so uh, i was able to get ecw i think it was on like gary indiana's network or something like that so but it would come out at like these really weird times and, I, and my parents are like what are you doing up there at like 11 on like a thursday and i'm like ah nothing and it's like i'm watching ecw and like this dude's coming out and like killing people and stuff and i'm like oh i don't think i'm supposed to be watching this like i don't think i'm supposed to be doing this and i think that was part of the fun for me a little bit where now like I can watch this and I can listen to this and it's yeah you know it's not as fun but but then it was like ooh you know kind of turn it down a little bit because I don't know if I'm supposed to be watching this like I don't know what this guy's doing and this and this song very much is that too it's just murder death chaos things flying like uh, the instrumental works too because the instrumental's got like 17 different instruments going it's just complete chaos the entire time and for them to you know, pick this particular song and say, yeah, this works for New Jack and and making New Jack, you know, work in this sort of style as well was just the perfect harmony between a song and a wrestler. Almost almost the most perfect harmony I can think of uh, almost of all time of a of a song and a wrestler that just it's just chaos. It's death. It's destruction. It's just it's just madness. You know, the song and New Jack, it, it, it just works perfect. And then you watch Beyond the Mat and he's driving in a convertible with Barry Blaustein <laughs> yeah, yeah. after being told that he's not Denzel, but he's Denzel's best friend. <laughs> Tells friend. Yeah. <laughs> it never came about. I don't know what happened to nope. that. I don't know why those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. For some reason, New Jack's career never really took off. In Are they liars? <laughs> Are you telling me these talent agencies might be lying to these people? This is ridiculous. Oh, God. All right. Well, that does it for our hip hop themes uh, this episode. Rich. Thank you so, so much for coming on to the show and talking. This was so much fun to talk about hip-hop things with, with oh, you. Oh, thank you. So thank you so much for coming on here. Plug away, sir. Plug away. So obviously, voicewrestling.com, uh, obviously where you're listening to this podcast, uh, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, look up on all of your uh, your podcast apps, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, also, voicewrestling.com slash forums, a really great message board. Uh, definitely go on there. But yeah, I would say basically just voicewrestling.com. A lot of good stuff going on on the website right now. A lot of good reviews. We're getting some new columnists in the shuffle as well. So uh, check us out, voicewrestling.com. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Voices Wrestling. And I do most of my tweeting on there as well, uh, at Voices Wrestling. So yeah, voicewrestling.com and the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. There's a lot of really good stuff, including this podcast, but a lot of other good stuff on there too. So uh, definitely check it out whenever you get a chance. And uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, give it some reviews. Give it some five 
five-star reviews, let other people know about it. Uh, w- as we grow, it, things will get bigger and better. But uh, yeah, no, I really I really appreciate you guys letting me on here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. And as always, thank you for letting us be a part of this fantastic podcast network and this website. It's, it's really a huge honor, and we love doing this. So thank you for giving us a platform to do it. Absolutely. I concur 100%. And of course, as always, if you want to tweet at us, at Music of the Mat on Twitter, at Music of the Mat on Twitter. Chris, episode 12 will be our next adventure. And uh, folks, this one's going to be a doozy. We are going to do an album review. And you know, Chris, as we get closer to July 4th, Independence Day here in America, I think it's only right that we take a look at the musical career of one of America's greatest patriots. He's an icon of wrestling, film, television, sex tapes, pasta restaurants, Racism. Racism, and for a brief shining moment in 1995, music. So say your prayers, eat your vitamins, lather up the yappa pie strap, and get ready. We're discussing the 1995 album Hulk Rules by Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. (sighs) Why are we doing this again? We're doing this for two reasons. One, we love America. (laughs) And two, two... Hear that? I got a copy. (laughs) A friend of mine in California found a copy of Hulk Rules for 99 cents at Goodwill. He said, Andrew's a wrestling fan. He's a music fan. He's got this podcast. I'm going to send it to him. So a little while later, I open the mail. What do you know? Here comes a CD of Hulk Rules. Well, I tell you what, we're going to find out if that 99 cent price tag is uh is too high or too low. I mean, who knows? I've I only heard one track off of this album. So, I think we're in for uh we're in for a surprise either way. So, stick with us. <laughs> Please stick with us. Please. Journey with us through this absolute red, white, and yellow craziness that is Hulk Hogan's album. With tracks like Hulksters in the House, Hulk Rules, Beach Patrol, Hulkster in Heaven, and a bunch of others. It's going to be the best episode ever, but also the worst episode ever, depending on you know your, your frame of mind here. Or perhaps both at the same time. So Hulk Rules, episode 12. Chris, thanks so much for joining me as always. Rich, thanks for joining us as well. I'm Andrew Rich, and remember, keep on listening. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.